Let me tell you something. We're right down to it now. Oh, just the finish line is in sight. That white line. Oh, oh I can of South feel America, it. We are talking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's North America, isn't it? Uh, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Mexico's North America. As is California, which is where we are. For what, Simon? We are watching two masked. Virile men that we've seen before on this list. Uh, we're seeing um, Bandido take on Dragon Lee in the Bowler semi-final. Bowler, of course, standing for... Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, is this the first Bowler match we've had on this list? Or was there another one? We've had matches at Bowler, like the six-man tag involved. We had Walter, um, Zack Sabre yeah, Jr., that was that not That was an all-star weekend, I think. That wasn't a Bowler uh, match. And Lee Dreyer, Dijakovic. Oh yes, I, yeah, that was a, that was a, a bowler match. That one was. You're right there. Um, and this is very much along those lines, really, isn't it? I have to say, it feels somewhat perfect. The final two matches we have for this list because it's like, at time of recording. Please don't bloody jinx it. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to feed into a computer all the moves that were in the last. 50 or so five-star matches and programmed it to come up with a wrestling match. It'd be this. I feel like it'd be this. It's pretty much a greatest hits. Yeah. I'm just looking at... So I'm just going to try and list off everything that happens in this match. Mutual... That is just, you know, what required to get five stars in, in wrestling today for a lot of times. Mutual appreciation at the bell. Yep. Uh... Topes. Yeah, we had those. Deadlift, deadlift suplexes. Yeah, we had some of those. Enziguris, innovative ones involving the ring or the location of the ring. Bare enziguris, fam. Mm-hmm. High risk manoeuvres, preferably involving something different from the ring. This one being Bandido doing a moonsault from the ring post. Yep. Uh, code Red. still part of the ring. Been quite a lot of Code Reds. The Code Red in this. Uh, references to Tranquilo <laughs> with uh, Dragon Lee doing Naito's uh, corner combination um, reverse Ranas apron powerbombs yep. risky superplexes off the top rope double stomps yep. Yep. Um, oh long count out potential finishes yep <laughs> Forearm exchanges that start at the knees and come up to the feet. Plenty of those. Reversals that really only work in the logic of this move was meant to be a reversal from the start, with uh, <laughs> them doing the first time anyone's ever done a cross body to someone who just happens to do a moonsault off of it in midair. Yep. Um, oh, wow, with um, Bandito's 21-plex, that, that's that's inevitable. Like, trademark thigh-slapping strikes that are used throughout the match. In this case, Dragon Lee with knee strikes and super kicks. Plenty of super kicks, of course. Double-down spots. Um, got those. Yeah. Uh, pa- uh, Brutal-looking rever- reversals, sudden reversals. 
pop-ups, no-sells, um, corner-to-corner drop kicks or moves of that type. We had dirty Shibata-level drop kick in mm. this. Trademark suplexes being reversed into another person's... Trademark finishes being reversed into someone else's trademarks. Yep. And uh, finally hitting your finisher for the three count that very often is a less impressive looking move than half the stuff that's been kicked out of. Yep. And that's this match, really. Woo! So, would you give it that? I'm, I'm, I'm halfway tempted. It's literally, like, and it's also must be one of the very short, it might be the shortest match to get five stars. According to Cage Match, this match clocks in at uh, 11 minutes 53 seconds. Feels slightly longer. Like, I don't know why, but it's... you know how I feel about PWG. It's bring your toys to work day. It's I was going to like prep everyone for bringing their getting their bingo cards out, but yes, it is. Uh, it's it's fine. It's entertaining. It's... I imagine it was fantastic to watch live. Yeah. Oh yeah. You'd have been like hook, line, and sinker if you. But there this live. was maybe even more egregious than the uh, Dijak Lee match because at least the novelty there was two guys that were massive. The thing that struck me the most about this was that these were two luchador wrestlers, two of the best luchador wrestlers in the world right now. Yeah. And they wrestled a match that could have been wrestled by non-luchador wrestlers and it wouldn't look weird. If you think back to where Lucha Libre as a modern concept became popularized through the work uh, in, in North America through a combination of AAAR making it into sort of the California territories and when worlds collide and all that sort of stuff. Plus Rey Mysterio Jr., Psychosis, Juventud Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero... Uh, working in ECW and New Japan. Oh, Malenko, not a luchador, WCW. but can work that style. But yeah, that sort of, that 93, 94, 95 period where Lucha Libre became one of the hottest things in wrestling, uh, leading to that fusing of the styles with New Japan to make that new Jap Lucha style that I've been talking about. And I guess that's where we're starting to get it, because this isn't like Lucha. This is Jap Lucha, American indie, performed by two guys who grew up in Mexico. Yeah. Um... It's a weird. It's that kind of sign that wrestling culture is fusing together. I mean, they didn't, to the best of my knowledge, they didn't do any move that looked like it was something out of World of Sport. But if they'd have done that, are you then... saying this is wrestling's like um, snapshot of what globalization does yeah. to a medium? Yeah, kind of. Because these guys have got to watch all the indie stuff and and you know PWG videos, and and the PWG audience is aware of these guys a lot quicker than they used to be, even yeah. beyond the tape trading days, and just also emblematic of the influence that Dave Meltzer and the star rating system has as a concept is shown by the matches that they're having now because they're seeing people like that, people like that, let's put them together and make some of the people like even more. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, Osprey like Ricochet had pop that Pop-up no-cells coming thing. to all Japan in this match, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> do you get where I'm coming from? I do, yeah. You've got the... You've got, you you went through the the box ticking exercise at the start of this, and it does have all those things. And whether or not a match between these two required all these things to be five star, that's probably not the case. That these guys could have. The they probably the match had time constraints because obviously they would wrestled earlier the, the previous day. They'd wrestled earlier that night. Mm-hmm. They'd, then they had one, one of them had one, one match to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they they do what they can with the time that they have, yeah. um, but you wouldn't need half the stuff in there for them for those. I believe those two are capable of 
producing a five-star match without doing half the stuff that they did in this five-star match. Could they do a five-star match where the crowd's mo- um, emotionally invested in only one of them and the other one is the villain, though? Like, Bandido's the home favourite because he's just got more of a following in PWG. He's wrestled there more frequently. But the fans don't boo Dragon Lee at any moment during the match, and he doesn't do anything to court boos at all. Except maybe right at the start, after they've done their mutual respect to the point that they even pose together, and then Dragon Lee hits him with a knee to the guts. Yeah. That's as close as there is to anything heelish in this whole match. I I think it's possible. Um, it would depend on how... I mean, Surely they both learned how to be rudos. Oh know? yeah, I I I think they could ease. They they could. Uh, you would assume they would have the skill set to do that. I. All comes down to charisma and like presence and those like intangibles. Mm. You don't see a lot of those intangibles in this match because of how short it is and how much they do in it. That's yeah. not a slight against them as performers. It's just well, considering should they, what should we they just have the discipline to do less with more though especially since they're gonna you know but then well, the whole thing well, about both men well, are essentially being showcased to sell some yeah. more shirts at the at the merch table after the show that's also the problem with the independent contract culture of wrestling now in the indie scene everyone yeah. needs to get their shit in because they're all just selling themselves to the twitter followers market the t-shirt market and everything like that no one can just be a guy anymore or yeah. there to help put another guy over you know and in also this kind of environment. if you look at where they are they're doing possibly what they should be for where they are like they're yeah. they are putting on a pwg match yeah. in pwg like so it's fine do, yeah if they were booked to do the butlins tour hopefully yeah. they wouldn't be doing this sort of stuff you know to yeah. to five-year-old kids and disinterested parents you know or if these two in a very face small off, ring i mean i know they they already have mm. in uh, they've already been floating around in G1 and Best of the Super Juniors and what have you. But if they uh, had a match... In the, well, they have it in the same tournament. I don't know if they're in the same block. Same tournament, yeah. But what I mean is if they went against each other in the same block, mm. they would have a structured 30 minutes and they would wrestle a well, very fast-paced match. 30 minutes, but they'd be given maybe... Well, I don't know. I don't know. Um, like you say, it's just PWGs just go... Go batshit mental and to hell with yeah. psychology and 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 it, like like there's one brief moment where Dragon Lee sells his knee when he lands in the when he comes back into the ring after the, a tope, but Bandido does nothing to target it to the best of my knowledge or anything like that. No, too busy diving. Mm. So they're both great performers, and for the audience that this is right, this is the right match to put on. I suppose. Yes. And again, I, I think a lot of the PWG stuff doesn't necessarily translate as well on TV. I think that was always the thing with ECW for me as well. I never really quite got it based on the TV product a lot of the time. Yeah, you get. But I'm a, sure yeah. going live to it must have been awesome. You know. Oh yeah, we'd we'd have enjoyed like, it. Like when you go and see, if you're going to see some cool band in a small box venue. You're not really that worried about the guitars being slightly out of tune. You can just say you were there, like when. Yeah. Sex Pistols were playing Manchester Free Trade Hall or something like that, you know, or Metallica in 1983 before that, you know, where they were refusing to do music videos or signs of record labels or stuff like that, you know? Yeah, you were part of something pure and, oh, just passionate in that yeah. moment. You were you just there. The you passion, were, you weren't in a big air-conditioned stadium yeah. watching a guy well-polished, yeah. 
men appealing to the masses. You're watching something that appeals to you. Yeah. So, Simon, I'm not going to give you this five, one, five stars. Are you? I'm not, because I appreciate uh, that they, they, they did an incredible job of appealing to their target market. I am not PWDG's target market. <laughs> well, that's it for that match. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, how can they do so to let you know about what target markets you should be involved in? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the three key main demographics I hit as a straight white male. My name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U L L A N at the end of Mexican. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterbox. If you want to get in touch with me via email, put in at gmail.com at the end of Lorcan Mullen. You can get in touch with the show at lntyspod at gmail.com. lntyspod is also our Twitter handle. Simon, we're returning to Europe, and it is still Europe, and quite appropriately, this is the final countdown. It's the <laughs> last match in our series, and it has... Mwah, we had no, pl- no knowledge that this was going to happen, but the name of one of the men in this match... Could not be more perfect for our final five-star match. What is it we're covering next time? We're seeing Jordan Devlin take on the one and only David Starr. That's right. It's OTT Wrestling's first ever five-star match in Dublin, Ireland. In the weirdest interpretation of what a stadium is in my life, but we'll, (laughs) we'll leave that till the episode. But yes. there's nothing left to say at this point except that my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. Without me, but I'm not gonna lie. If I had a wish, sorry if it's selfish, but I would wish for you and I to be together forever and ever to be Till the stars burn out You didn't have to say You don't feel the same way